Yeah, for real, man. Well, how have you been, man? Nice to meet you officially. All right, we on? Yeah, we're knocking into this thing, man. I'm doing good. Happy to be here. I'm glad you come yeah. in, man. I know we tried to make this happen uh, like a while ago. It w- would have been when you played with Hotel Fiction. I, w- I messaged you a few times. I was like, dude, if you get a chance, please come be on the podcast. Yes. Yeah, man. So I'm glad we can make it work. You got two days in Athens. Rooftop last night went pretty good. Yeah, I did my first DJ set ever yeah. at the rooftop. What was the motive on, on starting to do the DJ stuff? You just love music, want to play more? Or, I mean, it seems like you play a lot already. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I... Uh... They hit me up and asked asked me to do it, but I, it was on my New Year's resolution list was to DJ this year, so it actually, I was pretty stoked, so I went, I I actually had to prepare for it and like Uh bought some DJ equipment. Uh, Like a board and stuff? I bought a board and uh, some software and Uh had to get Tidal. Okay, yeah. Now I, now I have Spotify. Apple Music and title, <laughs> stroking the payments out, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty baller. Yeah, dude. but why not? I mean, I love music, yeah, and it's like people yeah. always have like Netflix and yeah, Hulu, Hulu and whatever, and, HBO and so and everything. You why know? not? Why not uh, indulge myself and listen to everything exactly. known to man? Connoisseur, man, I like that. Well, what do you think? I mean, first DJ set. What's how is it different than uh, your usual set, man? I mean, obviously some some things, but like, what were yeah. the knee jerk reactions of the first DJ set? It was really fun. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, I guess I should have been aware of the dissonance. Like I, I kind of did, had just prepared like a early two thousands like French electronic set, so okay. it wasn't like hits uh-huh. per se, but it's very da- dancey music. I'd yeah. say even more dancey than the hits, but. I don't know why I didn't expect for people to just come up and have requests all night. Like yeah. I should have uh, anticipated that. And, uh, <laughs> I think I think next time around I'm gonna have my Venmo set out, and if people want to, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'll do a request for ten bucks, toss you a few bucks, and they get to play whatever you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it, it threw it uh it threw off my groove. Okay, but uh, but then I was like, I'll throw off my groove for a price. But I'm, I don't enjoy just doing it. I'm <laughs> not too, for but free. I'm too, not for free. You so know? when you say your groove, you mean is is it like I guess when you're DJing the 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 whole point of it is like to keep them coherent, I guess. Like you're tapping in the next one, right? Is that what mm-hmm. you mean? Like, like you had your list in order of how you wanted them. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I've got like a general game plan. Yeah. I got tempos uh-huh. and uh, and keys, you know, kind of gotcha. Good okay, for transitions and stuff. Interesting. So, so the the request definitely throw that a loop. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Totally. Well, that's good here. See, I thought about doing DJ too. I was like, I was like, dude, bro. These DJs are making so much money. You don't have to split it with a band. I love music. It'll be fun. You know what I mean? And then I've never right. done it. So it's cool to see you do it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I was definitely, I definitely think it could open up my mind in terms of uh, general creativity, in uh-huh. terms of like what it means to be a performer or to present music to a body of people, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. And it, it could probably, I mean, translate to your other live shows in a way, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like song selection or flow selection stuff like that who knows i mean totally totally like it's like learning a new instrument you know yeah for sure language well i jumped the gun a little bit i like to get the origin story first man because i don't know much about you all i've seen is online and stuff and i've been a fan for a while i've been following along and you're one of the rare cases not rare cases but like um i was a usually like i discover somebody's music and then i go see him per se but for you, I just discovered like your performances. Like cool. I would just see the clips of you like running the road or taking your pants off or whatever. And I was just like, I was like, this is sick. Cause I love performing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, this guy's sick. And then I, I did that for a while before I even started listening to your music, like just watching your clips. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So kind of tell me how you got started um, into the music game. Like give me, give me the, the, 
origin story? Hmm. I know it's a big question. Big question. Yeah, I, th- I think I can tackle it. it yeah. um, my first introduction to music probably comes from obviously family. Mm-hmm. Say in terms of listening to music, growing up uh, listening to oldies like oldies ninety six point three in Nashville. Okay. okay. With Coyote McLeod and uh, you know just a lot of early fundamental listening i'd say it was that uh-huh. i didn't really develop my own taste until maybe nine to ten years old you know uh-huh. what i mean still so, pretty early still pretty early yeah yeah. I, yeah that's true i i uh and i grew up in the um we were going to antioch church of christ in nashville uh-huh. and it uh the church of christ is like a non-instrument uh denomination okay so it's okay. just acapella so like you literally everyone has a song book you open it up uh-huh. you've got like people can like read. I mean, yeah. g- generally can read music and they okay. sing really good, like really good <laughs> harmony. Yeah. And uh, so then I went to it. So yeah, I was like in, I was like in chorus or choir, as some would call it. Yeah. It was in like the top choir in the state. And <laughs> really. It was very strict. Yeah. Acapella. Was choir. that like formative to your singing? You think? I mean, obviously, pretty young. For sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, gave you some good techniques and form and stuff, or yes. And I, I was just always singing, like at my school with Church yeah. of Christ and my, uh, and I had church, and so it was just I was always around singing. I was singing every single day, really, uh, of you know all the way through <laughs> elementary through high school. So it wasn't something you picked up. It was just like it's always been there, kind of. It seems like yeah, it's always been there, and that mixed with like my. Dad really liking oldies and a lot of like early sixties and the way that uh-huh. harmony is so prevalent in those recordings. I think uh-huh. definitely, at least on my my most recent record, definitely yeah. all finally culminated as a callback from like that. Me realizing how much I love that and absolutely, it's definitely some layers on there, man. I like the sound of it. I'm a big fan of harmonies myself, so that's that's really nice to hear. Like I, I like all that stuff. Totally, totally. Yeah. Me too. So yeah. that's how I got started. I mean, I had some turns along the way like in huh. in uh, middle school i got really into electronic music i was really okay. into like daft punk yeah yeah and then later on and and also uh, yeah and like really young like i had an older brother who turned me on to like i was in fifth grade i was listening to like panda bear and uh-huh. black moth super rainbow a lot of, like indie like uh-huh. psychedelic music i've always really liked psychedelic music and uh there's definitely a taste of it in your music, isn't there? Yeah. Like a little bit, you know? Not it's, like Hendrix or anything, but like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's tinged with psych. I like yeah. the, I like kind of playfully, I like when people toy with psych. I like a uh-huh. lot of mid-60s like um, bands, let's say. Obviously the Beatles, people know. For sure. They went head f- like <laughs> right into the psychedelic movement, but like... Absolutely. Even them, like they're still making pop music. And I, and I sure. kind of like that... Yeah, I mean, you kind of th- yeah. thread that needle, right? Like, yeah. well, is that would that be what you'd call yourself? Like, I don't know, something pop or like psych, mm-hmm. psychedelic pop or something like that. Is People that what, call it psych pop a lot. I uh-huh. think it's funny. I don't, I don't know Indian if I have psych. enough psych to be to get that money, <laughs> at least right now. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I call it like well, it's kind of a '60s pop. But when you come see mm-hmm. it live, it's really just a culmination of a lot it's really stretching in a lot of different weird directions so yeah and it seems like uh like like you're not too worried about it being exactly one thing are you not not specifically yeah no just let it ride and like whatever works works kind of i think so that's generally my ethos although i do i enjoy the practice of restraint and like minimalism and kind of like i see a lot of beauty in 
less is more. And, and sometimes when you do pick a palette uh-huh. of colors, you wind up being happier with the product. So sometimes I do get a little bit worried that I'm just a little bit too uh, gluttonous. I'm just kind of yeah. throwing paint at the wall. I'm like, maybe I should pick like three colors. <laughs> a specific so, paint, yeah. Yeah, which is par- partly why like I have given myself some rules. Like on my record in 2017, uh-huh. I had no acoustic guitars like that. Was oh, little, okay. Yeah. And Interesting. Then, what was the motive behind that? Just like done it. Like it seems like your first record was super acoustic, right? Yeah. The one in 2015 was folk yeah. and I'd been in a folk band before that. So I was trying to, I really respect when artists can, are willing to like really go to a new territory per uh-huh, record. So I, uh-huh. I, that's something I value. And so, yeah, I had no acoustic guitars and I tried to not really have a lot of electronic work either. Okay. Although the team I was working with, I like, were more influenced in that direction. So I kind of yeah. let it drift that way just to kind of like use what I was working with and gotcha. like, like help us all collaborate uh, effectively. Cause yeah. like my uh, engineer and producer or not producer engineer and mixing engineer uh-huh. on that 2017 record cosmic house were like really good at uh, like electronic gotcha. uh, instrumentation and production. Yeah. One of them, the mixing engineer went on to, he actually wound up moving to the West Coast to work for Facebook. And, really? Uh, he does all of their like royalty free music what? now. That's yeah, crazy, he man. It. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a yeah. whole like world that a lot of people don't even know exists. <laughs> That's um, wild. But anyway, yeah. I could see that though. There's like an electronic like taste on there. Like you can hear them layered in there, but it's never super prevalent. I mean, not that I've dug into it too super deep or anything, right. but like just for from sure. first glance, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And what was the name of that record again? Remind me. Cosmic House. Cosmic House. And your first record was named? Space Travel. What was it like making Space Travel? Because like this is, this would have been, I think 2015 you said, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, are you just getting into putting music out at this point? Are you like just starting to tour? Like when do you start doing all that kind of stuff? Well, so around 2010, so I'm like, you know, in middle school. Mm-hmm. Is when I started making music, and I had come from um, kind of a school of musically, like understanding music is a pretty DIY thing. Gotcha. Like uh, a lot of the music I was listening to was actually happening here in Athens. Really, like, a lot of uh, the Elephant Six Collective. People oh, talk about like the Apples yeah. and Stereo. Yeah, who now Robert Schneider's like a math professor at UGA uh-huh. uh, of Montreal. Oh yeah, you know like Nutramilk Hotel, the music yeah, tapes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, even beyond that, just like kind of the early 2000s indie, like the unicorns. A lot of music was like uh-huh. very, it was before, it was right on the cusp, I guess, like 2007. You have like LCD Sound System was uh-huh. like a band that was merging electronic and indie music. And kind of before that, I don't know, like indie <laughs> rock was kind of, there was a lot of like lo-fi, like, like yeah. lo- lo-fi in a way that I'm not gonna say doesn't exist anymore because uh-huh. I guess every subgenre exists to some extent on like For a sub, sure. on like a subreddit, but like yeah. um, doesn't exist in the mainstream. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like it, like it was I was listening happening. to a lot of music that was like sampling and just like field microphones capturing uh-huh. noise and like collages. And yeah, sounds so. Stuff. Anyway, I I made all my music myself, really lo-fi. Okay, um, from like 2010 to, through high school uh-huh. and. Uh, then I, but I also had a folk band, and that was more like hi-fi. That was okay. us trying to like do a more of a commercial thing. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um, but yeah, that record, Space Travel, was the first time I collaborated with like a producer yeah. or really, you know, just a friend, like something like, to put out officially, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 it like 
he helped he played a lot of the instruments he helped yeah. with the production he re- pressed record and so that was my <laughs> that was my first big like that's my biggest push at the time and yeah since then it's been that cosmic house in 2017 and then big sky pipe dream i love that name year. by the way we're gonna get to that one i love that i wanted to ask cool. you something about the folk band first did you guys tour a lot like i can't imagine you being in a folk band was it the same energy like live wise or was it a completely different thing it was uh, <clears throat> it was a similar energy live wise okay, for cool, sure. I cool. was playing a floor tom and a snare drum, <laughs> and uh, we were all four stood in a line. Uh-huh. It, it it was kind of uh, it 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 was a part of this kind of twenty twelve to twenty fourteen like it's kind of like that. There's this the folk movement that became pretty mainstream, yeah. like uh, with Mumford and Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really carrying that torch. But I was really I, I did dig them, but I was really into like. More so the Avid Brothers, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and a lot of just like general folk music, but yeah. there, but other modern artists like that were popularizing it were like the Lumineers, the Head mm-hmm. and the Heart, No and the Whale, yeah, yeah, a lot of like Irish, I guess, and like or I don't there know. There was definitely that moment though. There was like three to four years. I don't. I mean, I guess 2011 through something, yeah, or something like that, where it was like happening, like it was in all the movies and like it was a big deal on the radio, right? Totally. So you were into that. I wouldn't have guessed that about you, man. Like, yeah. I, Influence, well, I've never actually seen a full show, which I'm jealous about. I might catch one tonight, I hope. Southern Brewing Company, right? Yeah, totally. But anyway, I've seen, just from the videos I've seen, like, if you'd have told me that before, he's like, he's really, really influenced by folk and stuff. I'd be like, no way, man. Yeah. This dude's rock and roll, but like pop and psych and like <laughs> keyboards and all that kind of stuff, so. Well, that's, that is true. Well, yeah. But I have such an understanding of like songs and harmony, like I'm saying from such a stripped down level mm-hmm. of like where I grew up to the... And, you know, I kind of think about it in terms of that, how music works, that, like, David Byrne yeah. book, his, like, oh, general yeah. ethos and that is, like, you kind of create music to to fit your situation or your uh-huh. space. And so it's, like, I think I also in, was in, influenced by folk music. One, it was popular, uh-huh. specifically at that time, but two, it was attainable. And I, I liked rock gotcha. music in in high school, but I didn't really understand how to play it. I didn't have the money to be able to get like yeah pedals and amps and, <laughs> yeah. and i think we all kind of me and my friends realized that we were like we could either be a rock band which would be an expensive endeavor uh-huh. and then secondarily uh-huh. it's hard to do i mean at, at any point if someone's like can you play can a rock band play right here in this room right yeah. now it's like well we need amps we need yeah. a PA, pa system, system we need everything. mics yeah. and so folk music is such a tan- such an accessible art form gotcha. that i think i i saw that as maybe like here's my way to enter music is just i can sing and play guitar and i could do that yeah. and we were playing gigs but we were also playing like anything i mean we yeah. we, we could play a church we could open play mics, a froyo like shop we could play yeah. an open mic we could play a coffee shop we played any time anyone had anything going on you know like our animal hospitals opening yeah. up they would get us to come play really uh, okay you know our virtual there was like a virtual shooting range and we uh-huh. went and played in their lobby on their grand <laughs> opening. It's just like, you know, we were, we were just crazy. high school kids. We were literally doing anything anyone yeah. asked us to do anywhere. Um, That's super interesting, man. I've never yeah. really heard anybody talk about it like that, like as the most accessible thing you could do, like acoustics, you know, right. Um, you know, cajon or whatever drums you guys decided to do super easy as opposed to rock band. You need quite the production. It makes a lot of sense. Totally, and it's also you can practice anywhere. Yeah, quietly. You know, you that's practice nice. in your bedroom with your band, and yeah. your parents aren't going to be like, <laughs> cutting you know, it off. Yeah, they're gonna be t- <laughs> like they would say, like shutting it off. Yeah, the power. Not the power. Yeah. So, not, so when not so does bad. it when does it start evolving from that to kind of? I think you said two years between that and the next record, and pretty big shift from from fifteen to seventeen. 
right. first to second record, right? When does totally. that, what's kind of going on in that period? Are you just playing the road? Are you guys just playing what you can? Graduating high school? Like what kind of happens between those first two records? So the folk band, we played, yes, if we played a lot, we played like 200 shows across Woo. a couple of years. Sheesh. So that's when I first got the bug to start really playing. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of saw it as like, this is the quickest way. One, I had a love for performing. Of I course, always have. I've loved any type of presentation or performance. I did theater in high school as much uh -huh. as I could. I wasn't quite a thespian, but uh -huh. I, I was tinged in it. I, I, was, <laughs> I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed theater, but music was always my priority. Yeah. And, uh, seem to be a natural at the performing side yeah, of things. Did yeah, it always kind of come kind of naturally to you? I think so. It seems I, like it. And it, it, I think it was something that I knew I wanted to do at an early age and was kind of finding ways to get in front of people. Gotcha. So gotcha. I got a lot of those nerves out from doing, yeah, like talent shows and stuff. Yeah, okay, okay, as gotcha. A kid yeah. And, uh, and theater as well. Um, but yeah, like performing a lot with that band and then by the time we were like graduating high school, it's kind of like everyone, if you're in a band, I feel like everyone would relate to this. When you're in a band, uh -huh. and I just thought of this right now, and you're out, <laughs> and you're graduating high school, you feel like you're at you're like Abbey Road, like yeah. Beatles. <laughs> you feel because you know it's like you're all going in different ways. Yeah. You all have different. You're all into different things. You're Absolutely. like all like right when you started, you guys read such. You were all aligned, and yes. now you're like, I want to do this. You want to do that. <laughs> What's going, gonna happen? You're moving here. I'm yeah. staying here, and uh, so. The folk band just kind of naturally, like any high school band, had to had to go. Uh -huh. But I, and I, and when I got to college, I knew that I had an interest in being a front man. And uh, you know, 2015, I put out mm -hmm. Space Travel, and after that, I kind of was trying to figure it out. I, I formed a band right when I got to college with okay. like a funk drummer that I knew, okay, um, a bass player, and then this like Chili Peppers guitar player, okay, and okay. Not a lot of people know about this, but we only because we only played a few shows. But it was basically uh -huh. me for the first time just being a front man holding uh -huh. a mic, and I would go crazy on stage. That <laughs> was my first time to really, really let loose. And then, yeah, how did that feel? I mean, uh, I assume you've been playing some sort of instrument in the in the folk group, and you say just mm -hmm. being up there, just a mic, like absolute vibe change, right? Like yeah, it changes was great. everything. Right? I could finally because the folk band was high energy. We yeah. were really we called it party folk, but this <laughs> this was like my first chance to really go hard and uh then i wound up just kind of shifting that back to northeast to freeze and mm -hmm. um i've just been really since 2016 i started playing a lot locally 2017 i played mm. probably in nashville over 100 times and then <laughs> just kind of in a very natural slow and steady well not i guess slow but in a steady way uh -huh. became you know regional and a national touring act yeah u.s kind of yeah, yeah right totally. you, that's awesome like how did when did it a uh, hundred shows a year is just honestly mad impressive. I mean, what are you up to now, average in a year? It's more than that, right? Or um, it's it's normally like a hundred twenty shows a year. Yeah. Sheesh, yeah. that ain't too many weekends off, man. <laughs> it is not too many weekends. I should probably play a little bit less, honestly. Yeah. But <laughs> you love it though. You love it. You know, nobody yeah. nobody plays hundred twenty shows unless they love it. You know what I mean? Precisely. Yeah. So yeah. kind of, I want to back up a second. We're gonna come back to the tour in a lot because that's my, my talking list. I'm jealous of hundred twenty a year. That's awesome. Um. <laughs> Where did the name Northeast to Freeze come in? Like, when did that start being a thing? Was was the folk group called that? It wouldn't have been, right? No. Uh -huh. The folk group had a couple different names, but yeah. um, I was going by, I had a few different artist names and wound up going by Northeast to Freeze by the time I was in, like, mid-high school. Really? That's really, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had, like, four 
I guess different ones I had been trying out and I'd been putting music under Bandcamp gotcha. and yeah. really, really liked Freeze. And, uh, <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, man. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the name and stuck with it and uh, no turning. I realized, you know, kind of when I came to that conclusion even in high school, uh-huh. I was like, there's no turning back. Yeah, yeah. I really believe in like a name is a name and, you know, you can't even fathom how many times your name has been said uh-huh. even i mean not even myself personally just any band even yeah. if you're just a high school band and you feel yeah. like you haven't made very many waves it's like even just a teacher telling their uh-huh. you know their kids at the yeah. dinner table you know it's just like a name can can, can yeah. carry it's, itself. it's literally like your brand at this point mm-hmm. like like people call you freeze i'm sure a lot and nordista a lot right mm-hmm. like separately you know mm-hmm. i mean it, i couldn't imagine sure. you being called anything else. like the freeze like something about it is just cool sounding man like yeah. it's, it sounds really like iconic do you know what i mean yeah thank you <laughs> not to like gas you up but like it just sounds great you know what i mean yeah and like you thank say you. like i have a lot of bands come on the show and they're like yeah, man, we made our Spotify, and there was like six other bands with the same name as us. I was like, so what are you guys going to do about that? They were like, oh, nothing. We'll worry about it later. I was like, you guys might want to yeah. <laughs> worry about that now, you know, because like the deeper you totally, get in, the, totally. the name change the, literally changes the brand, per se, or whatever. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, so you kind of stuck with it and run, and it's it's your name, per se, but like has it always been like a band to you, I guess? So like... I guess what I'm saying is like 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 Bon Jovi is is Bon Jovi's name, but it's still a band. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you always thought about it, or your cast around you kind of supports you and they understand that? I think about it. The Bon Jovi thing is funny. I do actually yeah. reference it. Like people say, I tell them my name's Freeze, and they say, "What's uh-huh. your last name?" And I explain. I always say, "It's like Bon Jovi." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do that but, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, exactly. But um, yeah. The that part is is interesting because the project is continuously very collaborative, and there are certain members of my band who have now influenced multiple recordings or <laughs> been in a, or have been around for a large person a large percentage of touring, um, and other ones have not. You know, they come and go, yeah. and I've had about I've had over sixty members of the band wow. since twenty seventeen, okay. and so because I tour more than it is sustainable for anyone else to. <laughs> Yeah, to tour with me. I mean, they'd have to give it all up, you know. Right, like, exactly. Either you're in, or you're out for a hundred shows. They a would year, have to know? say, you know, like Nordis to Freeze following you is, you know, <laughs> is my one passion, my passion in life. Yeah. And uh, I have a few people who are very committed, but even mm-hmm. they have to like take breaks and what because it could either be there's a lot of different reasons, but you yeah. know, like a, if it's a romantic interest, you know, uh-huh. it's hard to be away from someone for that long. Yeah, family, personal. Uh, you know, even just work, you know, it's yeah. just like, hey, I'd love to be on tour, but I have to pay, pay rent, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I got to make Exhaustion. some dough before I can come back out again. Yeah. Or, or yeah, maybe generally exhausting. Uh-huh. Not everyone loves being on the road. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It it's a very a select. Yeah. Very select group. Has mm-hmm. it been tough for you, though? Like, all right, somebody can't go out like, oh, shit, I got to find somebody to fill in these for these shows that are in two weeks. Like, has that always been tough for you or has it been pretty integratable since you're i assume from nashville right right born and raised in nashville okay so a few musicians around the town to, mm-hmm. to pick from <laughs> that, that definitely been helps good? it definitely helps it is uh-huh. it is uh i mean it is without a doubt really tough that's yeah. one of the hardest things about it is securing a band uh-huh. and um you know you want to continually as an artist be like whether you're changing a sound or 
you're refining a sound and, you know, or like galvanizing it in a certain way. You're like an alchemist. You're like boiling it down to the essentials. <laughs> and it's like, you got this sound and you're slowly figuring out what you want and your preferences. And especially when you've had 60 different people in a band, yeah. you start realizing what you like and don't like. You start realizing. And there's so many things. Like, we just got off of a two month tour. And it was mm. like at the end of the two month tour, right when we were about to end, we, we did, we had five extra shows that we had booked. Uh, uh-huh. Like we were in Memphis, we're three hours from Nashville. We just shot up to like uh, Davenport, Iowa, okay. uh, Winona, Minnesota, Ooh. Appleton, Wisconsin. We kind of were doing this in like yeah. Chicago. We were doing this like Midwest, kind of yeah. some new markets. And, Absolutely. Uh, and when we were playing those shows, like part of it was that I think like nobody was at any of the shows. They were all like extremely <laughs> poorly attended. Yeah, but <laughs> like my band like had flames in their hands like it was like i was looking around and i looked into the crowd and people their jaws were dropped because it was just like locked yeah we were on a a a wavelength that i had maybe never had at least very rarely witnessed my band be able to achieve because we were all in it for two months straight and it was just like this is the sound. Yeah. It is crazy. There's something to be said about like playing with some guys where you don't have to think about it. You know what totally. I'm saying? Like you can literally just focus on performing and they, they're doing the same, you know. I know exactly what you're Yeah, and, and and we practice zero times across the two month <laughs> tour because yeah. you're just there's, playing. There's nowhere to practice and yeah. you're playing every night. But things change slowly every night, like uh-huh. uh, this like Darwin. It's like it's like every night <laughs> it's like whatever uh things worked well it's like uh-huh. everyone kind of somehow in their subconscious understood it uh-huh. and then like does it the next night better wow. <laughs> and to where like there's these things where it's like even there was like a lot of choreography to the second like oh like really? how did you plan this choreography it was like well we, we did. didn't we just like <laughs> realized if we all dropped to the floor at this one moment like yeah. that looked cool or that's felt right awesome. yeah know? i love stuff like that yeah totally that's so, great that man. so yeah i mean that's it would be great to not have to switch it not so much, but I've definitely met a lot of really cool people, learned a lot about music, uh-huh. you know, yeah. in, in ways that you can't. I probably wouldn't have if I hadn't, if I just had one. Same guys for because you learn your years. preferences, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. How would you know if you didn't play with somebody else? You know, you never know. That's great. Right. I assume totally. that makes you pretty like um, lean in the. Well, I, I think it's cool that you can like imagine if uh, you were you like. Like a band like the Beatles, obviously, if, if John can't make it, they got to cancel the shows, you know what I mean? But you yeah. can keep going, you know what I mean? Exactly. Which is very, very nice when you're trying to play 100 plus shows a year, I imagine. Yeah, we always joke, I'm I'm the only person who's never, in the band who's never missed a Northeastern <laughs> free set. But then uh, we were playing in Columbia like about a year, some change ago, like a little yeah. bit deeper into COVID. And uh, I, it, I forgot that this, it was when it was like, because things had gotten better, and then there was uh-huh. Delta, and I can't remember where it was, but it was at a point where I, for some reason, didn't have um, a Vax card on me yeah. yet, or yeah. like didn't have, or I didn't have like a, t- I needed to get like tested negative, okay. something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. And I got to the show, and they were like, "Oh, you have to have this to play," and everyone else in my band had one. And I was like running oh, to like no. Walgreens yeah. all across and like yeah. CVS. And we were like, dude, this is going to be the first one. <laughs> you can't make it. They're like, the band's here. Like, let's still play. Like, freeze. I was like, we could get like a 20-foot XLR. I'll like yeah. stand in the parking lot. Sing along. Yeah. That would have been pretty funny. That would have been iconic, honestly. That would have been really totally. cool. Totally. It would have been unforgettable. So, Well, that's cool, man. I think that's a really good breakdown of that. I know I know that, that feeling you're talking about when just everybody in the band just knows what's happening where. Like, that's that's a priceless feeling, you know? Moments totally. In the set. And how is your set kind of crafted as somebody who hasn't really – 
caught a full set other than like videos on YouTube and Instagram and stuff. Like, is your set very like you guys work up your songs and have them in a certain order and have these moments in them and like choreographed kind of stuff? Or is it like going out there, chaos is key? We want to change the song. If we want to play something that somebody requests, like free flow. Like, what, how would you describe your show? I suppose it's a little free flow, but we generally have like a a game plan. Yeah, we'll kind of craft the set throughout the tour. Like, oh, let's switch this and this to where it's another uh, thing. Where by the end of a run, we will have kind of perfected what we're going for at that point. Gotcha. Um, the set, the int- I mean, that is the interesting thing. You know, back to that David Byrne ethos, creating music that can that fits your space and fits. Yeah. Like who you are, if it's your stage, you know, it's like, I think that the set is generally a pretty rock oriented set. Uh-huh. And I do like, I do like rock music, just like I like folk music. So it's not uh, that it's insincere or that it's not just coming from a place of like my artistic passion. But yeah. there is a sense of like, you're creating something based off what you can create. You're using the tools you have. And so a lot of the songs are like, you know, three, four chord rock songs. And that's just kind of the language you have to speak when you're switching people in and out. I've never gotten, I don't, I don't use any, um, tracks. I don't use any ears, no in-ear rig. No, it is a pretty, it's rock, but it's folk in the sense where it's like music of, of, and for the people. It's not in any way, uh, overly conceptual or overly complicated because it can't really afford to be because that's not a yeah. language that's easily spoken. And is, I assume that's important to you. Like how, when it comes to like crowd awareness kind of stuff, how aware of you on that? And like, like obviously you want to get your songs across, you know, but like, like say you wrote something like a popular song of yours, it was slower. Like, are you still going to play that? Or are you worried about everybody having a good time energy wise? You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry. That's I did. No, a I do. Question. It's no, it, yeah, that's exactly it because yeah. you think about it like, no matter what, uh-huh. in, I've seen so many different bands and so many different contexts and like stages and festivals and um, spaces. You you realize like there is so much going on. There's that isn't really like spoken about in terms of like accessibility and relatability. Uh-huh. You know, coming from Nashville, not to zoom out too much, but you know, it is it's a, it's a songwriter town. Uh-huh. There's a lot of co-writes happening. There's like artists who are basically a performer uh-huh. um, or more of a curator and the songwriters are other people and they're writing yes. the songs to get cut and it's this uh-huh. whole lingo and you've got players and these uh-huh. players get plugged in and they do sessions and sessions yeah. means that they are recording or maybe it's a live, you know, and they are even like the bands that are forming that are playing. The band members are like interchangeable, almost more the way that I'm doing it, but it's like on this mm-hmm. like corporate level. Yes. So it's, it's just interesting because what it means to even be an artist is such a general thing. And when you think about performing, you know, and you've got, obviously there's this understanding that people like original music to be performed versus covers. There's kind of this like, uh-huh. Oh, you know, we kind of everything that we, that most people engage with in culture is like original music being performed, Absolutely. at least in like a semi indie yeah, yeah. level. It's encouraged. Yes, yes. It's encouraged. And, uh-huh. um, I don't know. It's just like, how do you create a set that is accessible uh-huh. that people that people go away from enjoying, but at the same time stays sincere to you? And when you have like, let's say, when I'm DJing last night, and I, it's like I had this set, and then I had multiple people like 
you know just heckling me like people yeah. are just coming to the bar and they're just like you know like skip this song or they're like yeah you yeah. know play play some hits and T-Pain. it's just like <laughs> yeah and, you know, it's just like well i don't want to play hits but at the same time i'm a dj you're on the dance floor and i do i do i accept the fact that exactly. i should be curating this event to uh for your enjoyment or is uh-huh. it am i the artist and just, you know you can yeah. you can actually like you know maybe i should just play what i want to play yeah and so you know all that to say you talking about playing a slow song it's like you do kind of walk everyone walks this line that's kind of unspoken of like how much do i um you know create something that is just like can be enjoyed by like uh-huh. somebody w- walking by yes and how much of this am i going to like just give in to my inclinations um yeah. I don't know. That's it's just an interesting conversation. It and, is. It is. Uh, fascinating. You know, yeah. People, people present it like they have some type of purity to it, and they want artists to like be completely true to themselves. And uh-huh. and I think that I am, and I think most people are. But at the same time, I guess I just mean there's a lot of nuance and gray space in terms of what that even means. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Because like, I, I I think about this a lot. I'm glad you you got some thoughts on it too. It sounds like you you've thought about it before. Like it's like I could do exactly what i want you know what i want and like the crowd as a whole will have less of a good time or i could give them a little bit of something they want you know and everybody has more fun does that make sense you mm-hmm. know what i mean I, I always like to say this but it's like how much of a fuck should i not give right you know what i mean totally totally <laughs> it's interesting man it's really fascinating it seems like you do a great job though of just like making sure everybody has a blast yeah, well, yeah. I'm having a blast, so yeah. inherently there is a, a blast being had. <laughs> Somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Have you ever thought about, like, I assume not just because your originals are so fantastic, but, like, I know it's tougher, not tougher tour routing-wise, but, like, you could get a guarantee if you were willing to do, like, a half cover, half originals thing somewhere for like a two hour, three hour set. Have you ever like considered that or done that? Or has it been like, nah, I kind of just want to do my one hour original set and get a, get my point across? You know, I, I'm not uh, opposed to doing a cover set, yeah. especially if it was like a cash gig, you know, yeah. like a way to help me stay on tour. Yeah, stay on the myself. road, make money, that kind but of But it would require me having a consistent lineup, which I don't have. So mm. I'm not opposed to it. But yeah. it, it, once I have a lineup that is with me all the time, then, yeah, yeah. we could like learn a cover set. That'd be sick. That man. would be honestly pretty interesting. I, I would love to hear you guys, the two hours of covers you guys would select would probably be pretty, pretty immaculate if I had to guess, like tasteful, cool stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that'd we be do. very cool. We, we do. We have had a few covers throughout the years. It's yeah. good. You know, having one like cover song in your set is really fun. Yeah. And a lot, like if it's something that everybody knows, oh, and yeah. you have your own take on it, it can really like bring, it can be the highlight of the whole show yeah. for, for a fan to artist. Especially for somebody who's just never heard of you, knows nothing about you. It's like, all right, there was one I knew, just banger, you know. Or I like I like to slide one in early so that anybody that's a little wary of us, you know, like give them a little something, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then hit them with everything. But and yes, and it can be it, if it's a more obscure song, it can kind of be a way to signal to certain people in the crowd like mm-hmm. this is what we listen to. Yeah. Or if it's a more popular song, but you're covering it within your own, uh, with your own ingredients, with yes. your own flavor, then yes. it it can kind of be like this, you know, we like pop music is like anyone yeah. else but here's kind of how we yeah. present ourselves here's how we here's the language we speak there's like a cover you know? and there's a, a cover that sounds like you do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah totally so you guys are about one cover set you think yeah Maybe right tops. now we don't have one yeah but sometimes we'll throw what one is your one. set list like at the moment is it like mainly big sky pipe dream like a little mixture of everything that that kind of works for you like tell me about it a little bit we uh yeah generally big sky pipe dream will play like most of that record yeah. and then we have 
four or five new songs that are unrecorded. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You like playing new ones for people, seeing seeing how they, they work in the setting? I do, and I like, uh, you know, what I was talking about earlier about how something can kind of adapt over time. Uh-huh. It can be good to play um, play a, a song over and over because even after like the end of two weeks or a uh-huh. month, all of a sudden your song has kind of found a form that you didn't quite know it would. Like, you, you know the tempo, you know yeah. the dynamics and stuff. Yeah. You know? Is that how you've usually recorded stuff too? Like, are you a big fan of like writing something, taking it on the road, testing it, you know, like, oh, this maybe section doesn't work, this is cool, this is whatever, you know, getting it to, like you're saying, that that new space and then recording it? Or doesn't really matter to you. I think it's better. Yeah, I do think it's better to yeah. like have things be a little bit road tested. Yeah. Um, I mean, my whole last record was um, actually. I mean, both records. Mm-hmm. 2017's Cosmic House and 2021 Big Sky Papier were both uh, tracked live. Like yeah, uh, the whole band, together. the whole band is playing yeah. live. No um, click so tracks or anything usually. Uh, yeah, I don't think click. Yeah, definitely not on. Big Sky. I can't remember with Cosmos. I don't uh-huh. think so, but the drummer was in his own room, so I mean, he might have had a click, but I can't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um. So it's important to you that it sounds like you guys playing, kind of. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. And just getting at least the the roots of it, drums, bass, guitars, and like keys, yeah. all recorded at the uh-huh. same time. Big Sky Pipe Dream was intentionally definitely no metronome. It was no like, it was just a very, it's like a 60s pop record. Yeah, it's really cool, man. I love the whole, like, promo run you guys did up to it. The the cover art is sick, dude. It looks so vibey. Like, Thank you. Hair looks super, like, curly and 80s looking. I don't know why. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I, the shirts were cool, dude. Dude, are you sold out of the Big Sky Pipe Dream shirts? I need to buy one from you. I might be. I don't know. I think uh, I am. I'm going to try to get one tonight if you got any. But yes. they, they were cool. I was uh, insta-stalking you a few days for this <laughs> just to make sure I had all the details. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, let me get. Let me take a second to thank my sponsors. Is that cool? Is that cool with you? Yeah, let's do it. Today, have you ever heard of No Athens? No. They're a company or they're a platform based out of right here in Athens. They're pretty new. They're they're doing this really cool thing. They're like curating all the shows in Athens for a week, and then they post it twice a week. So it'll be like literally fifty shows on a graphic. No telling how long that takes to curate. Wow. Yeah, I know it's very impressive. They're putting out these great little videos. They're giving you food deals. They're showing you where the bands are playing, bar deals, that kind of stuff. They're doing a wonderful job. They're taking a great interest in the show. Their episode's coming out soon. They're, they're really nice people. You would like them. I want to put you in touch with them. because yes. they, they just did a video with Tommy Trot one. Like they're, they're, they're really making some cool content in town. Sweet. So yeah, everybody go check out No Athens. Uh, let's keep moving. Tell me a little bit more about Big Sky Pipe Dream as in like, this would be your third record, right? It would have been your third or fourth? Yes, it's my third on streaming services. Okay, so, so yeah. it, and I know this is a few years in between each one. Is that just because you are the road dog, like... You're not you're not spending a hundred days in the studio a year. You're spending a hundred days on the road in the year. It's like when you get back, you've got a little bit of time to record, or is it just yeah. like kind of how it works for you? You know what I mean? Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I I, I have like a I don't know. I, I I go all in, and I was with the with records in like mm-hmm. high school. I was all in. I mean, I made like you know fifteen albums in high school. Wow. Yeah, I was. I made just a crazy ton of music. That's awesome. Like late middle and high school, like. Mm-hmm. And because that's just what I did, yeah. and, and now I tour like crazy, or at least have. I think I'm probably coming to the end of that era. But, oh, really? Yeah, but I, but I, for five years now, have just been touring. I've played, I guess, 682 shows with wow. Beast to Freeze. <laughs> wow, man, yeah. that's that's more than most people hit in their lifetime. Dude. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive, man. 
Yeah, a lot of shows. What What is it about it? You just like love playing for the people, love the traveling, love seeing. I mean, like, just what is it? What, what makes somebody want to play that many shows? I think, in a lot of ways, it was it was, and a lot of ways still is. But uh-huh. for the last five years, has been. One, I knew it was the quickest way to grow my music. Mm-hmm. Like, not only was it something I enjoyed, yeah. obviously, like if I didn't enjoy it, I couldn't do it and sustain myself. Absolutely, I love playing. I love. I'm very social. So being yeah. on the road, does is great. I love traveling. I love uh-huh. getting like a sample platter of America. Like I've yeah. I've been all across the country multiple yeah. times now. Uh, you know, but it's like. I've only spent one day in New Mexico or yes. one, you know, two days in Montana, but, it, but I've been there and uh-huh. that's a great, really great thing to yeah. get to do. If it, you know, I encourage anyone, if they have a chance to do that kind of fast travel, it's a good way to kind of at least just witness everything and kind of see where you want to go back and spend more yeah, time. Like a so, culture grab kind of thing, you know, like yeah. this place is different stuff, you know, totally. Yeah. It's, and so, and now I've gotten to spend more time in certain areas because of that. And, uh, but also in terms of of music business, I think it is the fastest way to grow your music and and to grow a real fan base. You know, yeah. like the greatest example of that is I guess my Instagram. I have like thirteen thousand followers on Instagram. Wow, man, that's a great and uh, it, it is. And yeah. it, but I mean, those are all pretty much all people I've met. I mean, yeah. mo- most of the people on there I've met, and so yeah. it's like a that's great. It, it it's not like a type of virality. I've I've never. I have never experienced any type of virality or uh, mm-hmm. or like fast track and any like not even for a day. Like I never yeah. feel I have no never TikToks I've blowing never up felt that nothing. high. Yeah, like <laughs> sincerely. But I, that's the thing is I wonder how uh, like lasting it is. You know, like I see these bands that get uh, playlisted and stuff. You know, and getting millions of streams and stuff. It's like how many of those people are actually coming to see them? You know, or whatever. Like really. Right fans and gonna buy a t-shirt and, and actually right. love you that kind of stuff you know what i mean totally even like tiktok and stuff like that you know i wonder it, it it is something that we huh? yeah we ponder it's like what is <laughs> yeah. what is gonna happen yeah. but uh because once tiktok started people started yeah like internet numbers and everything doesn't make, make any sense anymore yeah uh, but uh yeah like i don't know it, it's it's uh i felt like it was the fastest way to grow my music and to cre- to create like a I guess a sustainable fan base. Uh-huh. I think I didn't realize that I was really on the verge. Now I feel like if I keep doing what I've been doing, yeah. I'm going to have like a cold following, but I'm never I don't know if I will ever mi- like make it past playing 250 clubs. Like gotcha. I kind of just feel like that's the Come trajectory. On. That's the trajectory I feel like I'm on yeah. like you you when you tour like crazy and you uh-huh. only put all of your effort into that, that is what you're building is like is like a live, consistent fan base that yes. like, uh, I mean, it, it, but I, I guess I, I do like making records and stuff too. Yeah. And so I'd like to transition back into a space where I can kind of do both more in like a healthy way is what I'm trying to say. That makes a lot of sense. Are you, are you kind of saying that like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like say playing like, say you play in the run just Columbia, South Carolina, you do like New Brooklyn Tavern, uh, you know, Flicker here and, you know, another Cherry Street Tavern in Chattanooga or whatever. Sure. All small cap clubs, you know, like stuff. Maybe, maybe, probably, I mean, I don't know how big your following is, but me personally not going to sell too many tickets for those kind of things just as a new band. Um, right. Are you kind of saying that, like, maybe take a step back from playing the bulk of shows and, like, trying to, like, make the show a big show when you're in town? Like, get on the bill with Hotel Fiction at Georgia Theater and, like, do that in every city or... Does that, does that make sense what I'm asking? Yes. I think... 
It all comes back. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. doing creating I think more of a conceptual show as well. Like uh-huh. if which I could do if I played less and had more time to prepare. Yes. And uh um yeah, it's kinda hard to explain. But yeah, yeah. that's basically the ethos. It's like what if I I think I'm interested now in kind of transitioning back into something that's more balanced and that I can push myself more, I think, creatively yeah. versus just being a total road dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I enjoy the road thing and it has been very fruitful. And uh-huh. I think last year was a testament to what I'd done in the last five years because I was able to won. I won the uh, Music City Mayhem in Nashville, which oh, was a I big competition. That. That's awesome, dude. It's like a really difficult battle the bands yeah. thing that's like vote based. That's and awesome, dude. Good for you. Yeah, winning that yeah. was a really big deal for yeah. me in Nashville. I mean, that's a fan base. Like, you got it going. Yeah. You can't do that unless you're out there playing, you know? So, totally. Good for you, totally. man. Good for you. That, that, I felt like that was a really cool. It's a big town, investment. too. Good for you. I mean, it is a big you know town. I mean? and, and that competition is really hard. And then. Uh-huh. I also did a Kickstarter to fund Big Sky Pipe Dream. I heard and, that. Did uh, you buy a van out of it? Uh, I bought a van, uh-huh. created vinyl, and uh, really just... I was able to do my first, like, basically I was working with a small team yeah. of people to kind of try to do, like, a major label push on an independent album. Like, we had okay. a promotional campaign. and Yeah. You know, Distribution kind of stuff? Play, yeah, yes. Um we had we had like playlisting and uh, uh-huh. PR and all that kind of uh, like a radio campaign. So yeah. the music was being shared like across college radio all across mm-hmm. the country, like big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and kind yeah. of just things that I had never done before as someone who's just completely independent. So it was cool yeah. trying that out. In a lot of ways, I think it was unsuccessful uh, oh, in yeah? terms of like you can really throw money into your record and ways like that and i, I don't know i and feel like i learned out. a lot yeah totally definitely I mean, um yeah i feel like even if you did waste money like learn big lessons learned you know right because everybody just thinks definitely, you know it's definitely. like damn if i just had enough money to run those facebook and instagram ads and, and get it pushed to radio stuff like yes. that like it'll just go you know but exactly not that simple right it was a thing in my mind that i thought like oh if i had more money yeah uh-huh. i could grow my music faster exactly. by using these avenues and then actually yes. getting a chance to try the avenues and realizing, Oh, you can put, you know, thousands of dollars into a PR campaign every uh-huh. month. And those people can send emails to pitchfork, but that yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you're gonna do any, <laughs> yeah. your music is going to go anywhere. Those emails can fall flat. So yes, you just got right back on the road and kept doing it. Okay. That's interesting to me. I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I didn't know that you guys had run that kind of campaign on it. And I've had people in here that kind of done the same thing. Like, spent the several grand on the publicist kind of thing and like got the write up in billboard or whatever. And I'm like, did it translate? You know what I mean? And and they pretty much were saying that it w- didn't. It's like, Oh yeah. You think, you know, you get that billboard write up, like, there we go. Like that's it. Right. right? <laughs> to the top. You know what I mean? But totally not. The, on- the only way I could really see, I mean the biggest, like if I got a write up in billboard, mm-hmm. what I would think is the only way that it would really help me, um, monetarily, Mm-hmm. Or even, and in term or even or fame wise would be like that you could kind of put it in your EPK, which for people yes. who don't know is like your on electronic press kit, basically yeah. your resume, what you're yep. sending to venues, and if a venue has seen that you're on Billboard, they might it might catch their attention. Might so, be a little more interesting. So yeah. you know, really like a PR campaign is kind of like almost just trying to create a thing that you can put into your little briefcase. Yes, or your, gotcha. Your, your binder to be like, oh, look, we've been. But my only example of that is that I was on NPR in 2020. They really? did a little write-up for one of my songs. And yeah. and that did help me a lot, and that's helped me land stuff. So so when you, when you say it helped you a lot, you mean like 
kind of in the way of throwing in your press kit, venues were more interested, uh, maybe mm-hmm. your streams got a bump, stuff like that, like technical stuff? Not even the streams as much. Yeah, yeah. mainly just talent buyers yeah. seeing that we have nationally, you know, a national write-up. When you say that you, like, would, are looking to kind of even out the whole, like, studio and road thing, like maybe come off the road a little bit and, instead of just being absolutely consumed with it, are you thinking in the way of, like, you'd mentioned virality earlier, like, maybe take some time and like make some content, like some of these bands that focus on that per se. Is that something you're interested in? Like kind of giving your music an online steam or buzz that would translate into you getting booked at Masquerade or wherever and doing tickets from people that don't know you. Totally. I think so. I think just in, you know, for some reason we've, people call it content now. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's like people talk about content and it's like, I don't, Something about that word is really weird to me, but it's like <laughs> just creating art in any form would be interesting. And, you know, like if whether it is a TikTok or it's a YouTube video, uh-huh. you know, those are those are apps. Those are platforms. YouTube. That is a chant. That is a thing that exists where people yes. go to watch stuff. Instagram. Those are all avenues. And just thinking about how you can communicate on any in any type of platform, whether it is live uh-huh. or on any type of web-based application um just how can you translate on those so yeah i am interested in like creating something i don't know what it is yeah. and what platform it is per se uh-huh. obviously it's going to keep being music that you yeah. find on a streaming platform of course or maybe there's also a music video or maybe it is a tiktok or maybe it's yeah. a reel or whatever yeah you know, I, yeah. yeah i don't know what it is and I, and I don't mean to be obtuse i feel like I, that sounds a little bit obtuse or a little bit no, pre- no, but I, I, i'm just trying to say like I want to create stuff. Yeah, I want to. I want to play. Kind of like telling the story. Like, like I like yeah. uh, you. You make some good content already, though. Is what I'm saying. I guess yeah. is like, like the what was it the Wordle or the the Quizlet or Quiz? What was Quiplash. that? Quiplash. Quiplash. That's it. You were making a bunch of funny videos for that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? just for the first couple months, I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But then, <laughs> then I was just cracking up. But like, like that content was very you. Like you at the shows, joking around about it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, totally finding that middle. Like I don't, I don't really want to make TikTok videos. Like I want to go play, take moments from the show, and turn that into the content. Does that make sense? Yeah, Say totally. Content, you know what I mean? No, no, it is yeah. exactly. I mean, it is content, but it's just yeah. it's what I what I mean is just like with content. There's people talk about it like it's a chore to do, and it's just like yes. That sucks. Like, what a drag. Oh, yeah. What a drag. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, I hope that if I'm making something, I'm like enjoying it. Like, like a, absolutely a podcast. I know, like, I do, I do a podcast, and it's I like, this, I was gonna ask this, and I'm it's excited. like you can. There is a lot, a lot of hustle to it. Like the things you yeah. have to do, editing when, when we videos in the recording. Yeah, like yeah. promoting it and editing it and fine tuning it or mm-hmm. putting EQ on this or that. But like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I. I don't know. You hate to think about it as a chore. It's like a passion. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's something you enjoy doing. Exactly. Yeah. Like it shouldn't shouldn't be uh you know annoying. Even shows sometimes I find myself like like damn it we got to go to Columbia this weekend. Like just when you're beat on the road, you know I'm like oh dang we got to go yeah. play a show. Like we got it so tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, if you had any trouble like like content for you, I hate to say content again, but like uh turning into a chore, like oh we gotta we gotta film this show and post it. Yeah, I think that that is. Starting to feel that with with shows is like a really weird like alarm mm-hmm. to me because I've never felt that before. Yeah, and I still don't really like when I get to a city, I'm ready to play. Yeah. I lo- and I love playing the shows, but it does. <laughs> but it, my first time having kind of being like starting to really feel some like some warning signs in my uh, 
like soul where I'm like, man, I really need to just create some stuff. Like I miss, yeah. I miss that. I miss being in a sandbox. And now I'm like, I don't know. So I get what you mean. Try, I trying to listen mean. to yourself in those kind of ways. Like what, what do I want to create? And, and not if it is a chore, then making sure it's like a healthy chore. It's not like, you know, like obviously, like we're saying, like any, yeah. the music business nowadays, as an independent artist, there is a lot of, back work that you have to do that people have no idea about and oh, emails sure. and spreadsheets yeah. and stuff and, and that is a chore <laughs> but it's a chore worth doing and I, I just hope that I never dread playing live or, exactly. or dread doing anything because then yes. I should probably rethink it yeah for sure that's that's super interesting man I'm, I'm glad you're you're saying come to some of the stuff because I think the stuff too it's like don't know if I could do this forever kind of stuff sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, you got to stay with the, the part of it you love, you know, which is for you playing, I assume, recording, stuff like that. Totally, totally. So I guess to keep moving along from this, but like, um, what is your favorite part about being a performer? My favorite part of being a performer? Yeah. I don't know. I just love getting up there. When I'm on stage, I feel really free. Yeah. I, a, I have a great time. I feel more and more freedom over the years. Like every uh -huh. show I play, I get more free. It's really fun. You seem really free up there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just having a blast. I mean, I yeah. just, I do go up there. I mean, maybe I have a set list, but the, uh -huh. but it, the set really can take whatever turn we want it to. We definitely okay. read the energy within each other and within the room, whatever it is. It is very spontaneous and, I, you, I love that. Do you find it tough sometimes when, like, I mean, I'm sure playing as many shows you do a year, you go to some places where some crowds maybe, like, aren't up for what you're putting down or, like, the vibe isn't right, the weird vibe, kind of stuff like that. Do you have any trouble with that, like, kind of trying to bring this chaotic energy where it's not reciprocated, per se? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. we play a lot of different events, and, yeah, it can be – it it can take a second for crowds to understand what's going on. We uh -huh. we are very different than what they expect. <laughs> and uh I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we deal with that, but yeah. I don't know. I had a drummer in like like four or five years ago named Brant and he uh -huh. he told me something that I never forgot. He was like, If the energy's not coming from out there, uh -huh. you just gotta turn and we'll all get it from each other. Uh -huh. And I definitely think that's true. You kind of you want to connect with the crowd, but if the crowd's not going to connect with you, then uh -huh. you do. You kind of just got to turn within and be like, "We love playing music. Yeah. We're here. Let's play some music. Play for each other, kind of and stuff. Let's right? find ways to make it interesting for us. Like yeah. we might, you know, switch things up a little bit." So. Yeah, it seems like uh, like I keep saying chaotic energy because that's just what I when I see the videos of you, it just seems like it. Like something has has taken you over and you're you're running across four lanes of traffic or something you know what i mean like yeah or you're jumping in the crowd or whatever it is or shaking three tambourines at once it's like what is it about playing that does that for you or like uh i, just, I don't know how to ask this but like why do you feel like that i don't you get what i mean it's totally. a big question you know what I'm saying? It, uh, i don't know there's just yeah. i feel a freedom up there that i feel that and i know it translates to people like people feel free when they're at the show and mm -hmm. it's healing and you know like i i think it does a lot of good for for a lot of people when they yeah. can witness it and experience what i'm experiencing and i can share that with people and that can make your day and that can yeah. make your week yeah and uh you know you're making people's nights you yeah. know what i mean that's how i try to look at it it's like damn totally. we might have made somebody's night tonight you know what i mean yeah <laughs> definitely i love that i do love you, that do you have a favorite i know i mean as many shows you played i'm sure there's plenty but like is there a show 
maybe in the past year or maybe overall that stuck out to you as like maybe one of your favorite shows? Anything in particular? Not really, no. No, just all of them? Yeah. Yeah. I only say that because I really don't have one. Like, I really yeah. can't think of one. Yeah. I they're love just, They're all great. Yeah. And I, in every city, you know, doing it on an independent level without a any type of national success or virality like we're talking about, uh-huh. it really makes every city its own unique relationship. So gotcha. thinking about Athens, I was actually just looking at my spreadsheet. I have yeah. a spreadsheet of every show I've ever played. Oh, I was really? looking at That's all awesome. the shows I've played in Athens. Yeah. It's just kind of cool how it how it grows. And there are there's just special moments all along the way, whether yeah. you know, the shows at Caledonia Lounge oh, that I played rip. or Gone yeah, rip. forgotten. The first time I played at Academia Brewery, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was the first time I'd ever played in Athens. Really? Um Yeah. And just Playing a couple big shows at the Georgia Theater, yeah. a couple shows on the rooftop. Uh-huh. Played the Forty Watt. Everywhere. Now I'm playing at Southern Brewing Co., which I've never been to. You never been to? No. It's a really good vibe out there, man. Cool place. Yeah, cool I'm place. excited. Yeah. I'm excited. So it's just it's cool to it's cool to see a relationship with the city continue to change and shift. And yeah. yeah, how would you compare Athens to like other cities you've played? Because like uh, it seems like. Or at least I think if you like, you have a great following here, by the way. Your name comes up all the time on the show. It comes up all the time. Sweet. It, it usually goes, oh, dude, you got to check out this Freeze guy. He's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I know you're talking about. He's awesome. Uh, I remember like the Freeze Fest thing was like the first I'd kind of heard of you, like all the Elijah Johnson, all the Hotel Fiction people were talking about it. I don't yeah. know. They went to Nashville and played with you guys or something. They played at Freeze Fest 5, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And that was when the buzz started here and like, how would you, is there anything about Athens that like has made it be a, a note for you to keep coming back here? Well, when I first, you know, started playing regionally, it was, it's not that far from Nashville. It's obviously it was on my radar. It's like a Southeastern city. Yeah. And, um, I quickly began to realize like after only playing a couple times that there was kind of this dichotomous thing that, I mean, is actually... It's very evident. I think everyone who lives here knows what yeah. I'm talking about. There's, oh, like, yeah. there's a college crowd, and there's the townies, and, and not even a fraternal college crowd. I mean, that might be uh-huh. a, the third genre of crowd. But yeah. Yeah. it, it, I was playing shows, and it was like, there's like these like, th- there's like Flickr Bar uh-huh. and a world famous, and there's like this vibe. There's like this very creative, and it's been here for decades. Absolutely, and very. Uh, there's a certain vibe, and then there's this kind of like always hitting refresh because there's this college crowd, and there's people coming uh-huh. in and coming uh-huh. out quickly. And yes, um, I don't know. I just kind of realized there's like two things at play, and I still like when I play, I kind of am in the middle. Yeah, because right? I don't. I think so. I'm I, not a UGA band, but I'm also not a townie. I'm just, yeah. a, which I'm sure other touring bands relate to. But you kind of show up, and you're like. Feeling these different energies, yes, uh, all yeah, within, I know exactly. All, within, all packed in <laughs> to this crazy yeah. downtown with a million bars and fr- and frats just like walking by yep. or coming to my shows. I've had entire yeah. fraternities come to my shows, and it's yeah. just there's That's just great. like it's I don't know. It, so it's, it's hard just, to put your finger on. Right? Yeah, it's a very unique. Just like if you were, you can't sum it all up into one word or flavor yeah. because it's like so vastly different in uh mm-hmm. form in athens and it, and it, it's a small town but it's also a uh-huh. big town it's like yeah it's very unique and um i don't know exactly how it became one of my top markets but you are right like it is like top 
Oh, people know you. Here. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have like a list, but I can I'll, I, I I can say like if you're like, what cities do you do well in? It's like uh-huh. Greenville, Charleston, Savannah, and Athens. Yeah. Uh, if I was gonna play like a weekend, Thursday, Saturday, those would be that would places. be it. Yeah. Thursday through Sunday, that's what I would hit. So. Yeah, I love it here, and that's awesome, dude. I, I, I yeah. know exactly what you're saying. Like, it's so hard to describe, but it's like, like you go to 40 Watt and see like the coolest like indie pop band or whatever lineup, and then you walk two doors down to Flickr, and there's three metal bands playing, and then you yes. go to Boar's Head, and there's a fraternity band that's packed out in Georgia theater. It's a tour and country act. Like, it's like you got everything going on. It's very cool, very cool. Totally, yeah, totally. man. And dude, I, I mean it when I say you got a lot of fans here, dude. People bring you a lot, especially after. Um, the Hotel Fiction thing at Georgia Theater, which I want you to tell me a little bit about. But there was definitely a buzz. They were like, dude, this, you, this Freeze guy's crazy, man. It was awesome. And they were like, dude, honestly, Freeze was just as good as Hotel Fiction. It was awesome, dude. That was cool. great, yeah. So cool. tell me about that show a little bit. That was awesome. That yeah. was just a... I felt like that was... Hotel Fiction have been very sweet to me. They, yeah, they're fantastic. They, I think, surprised a lot of people. And uh-huh. I've said this to their face, like... <laughs> It, and it's not because they're girls. It's yeah. because th- I didn't know they did music. Like yeah. Elijah, Tommy, and a lot of cats, even like uh, lighthearted. Yeah. Um, they're fantastic too. You know, like I've known all those people for like five years. Yeah. And when, you know, Jade's saying like, oh, we're starting a band. It was yeah. like, sweet. Like you guys should open for us next time we're in town you know <laughs> yeah. like let's get y'all going yeah yeah let's get y'all going and then it's just kind of like oh okay <laughs> moonshot well, or or we could would love to open for you you know if you've got the time on your if schedule you, so i mean it was just crazy like the music they make uh is is awesome so good. they have a great set and it connects yeah. with people it's just really it's great yeah. and so you know i'm sure they don't see it as throwing me a bone but for uh-huh. me it did feel like They'd been to a bunch of my shows, and for them to yeah. let me open for them for, you know, the biggest crowd I've played for yet in Athens was really cool. And, uh, I mean, getting to play the theater is oh, just, man. like, uh, iconic and yeah. cool, and yeah. I hope I get to do it again soon, but Absolutely. I'm not quite on that level, so unless Come it's on. an opportunity like that, you know, yeah. it's like, I'll probably well, play somewhere else. I guess where you would say it was like them throwing you bone is, like, they could have easily gotten an Athens act that like will automatically do tickets because they're from Athens, you know. Right. Same with you. Like mm-hmm. if you're playing in Nashville, it's like, oh, we could get. I mean, Hotel Fiction's a bad example because they can sell tickets anywhere now. It seems like, but like we get Hotel Fiction, but they'll do 150, 200 tickets less. And if you got your buddy that lives there, you know what I right, mean? Right. Totally. So that was very cool of them to do that. And that whole show swap thing is a great thing, you know. So yeah, yeah I get what you mean. And yeah. Did, I kind of think of you got like, you probably don't because you're not, not from here. But like I think of you. Tommy Trot one, Elijah Johnson, Hotel Fiction. Like I think of y'all as one thing, kind of. If that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I do. Well, you know, it kind of just worked out that way. I, I guess we would have met each other either way. But yeah. Elijah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say something untrue, but mm-hmm. from what I understand, his first show ever was in Atlanta at I think it was called the Elephant. Was it the Elephant Gallery? The yeah. Mammal Gallery? No, the Mammal Gallery. Uh-huh. I think in uh, downtown Atlanta, and I was on that bill. Really? It was booked by a guy named Ian of the band Dinner Time. Okay. And he just put it together, and it was Elijah. He played acoustic, right? Sitting down, playing yeah. acoustic guitar, and his yeah. dad was there. And uh, it was just, yeah, that's yeah. that's how we met. And really? I've just always thought he's so sick. Such and a so great writer. Such then, a great. like, 
when I played at Academia, uh-huh. <laughs> I asked him to play, and it was like yeah. me, him, and like I think Quasimodo. Uh-huh. Is that their name? Of, never heard Something of Something like that. And uh, I can verify that too. But uh, <laughs> then we just kept playing together, and yeah. uh, we, you know, Drew Beskin became a really pivotal, uh, I love Drew pivotal uh, character that's, that's in my, my homie. Yes, dude. Yeah. He, he, I love he, him. He really helped us. Like he elevated me because we, yeah. Kyler Volmar uh, is my buddy who know. used to live here, uh-huh. and. Uh, a photographer and he was throwing a house show and uh that local publication is it called red and white red and black red, red and black, black my yes bad. sir now you're good like i said the uga colors i don't know <laughs> but a uh, red and black um wrote an article about the house show uh-huh. and kind of like i guess the phrase like blew up the spot gotcha unintentionally but yeah. they were just kind of like yo like kyler's uh-huh. throwing a house show tonight <laughs> and the cops like literally no. showed up to his house like is this the and, one that hefner played too do you know hefner it will it will hefner was not on this bill okay no. gotcha but yeah. i do know those cats but, they're um, awesome yeah but like the cops showed up at like in just the afternoon they're like yo what's this article like you guys can't throw a house <laughs> show and so we were already driving down it was like gonna be us i think i think elijah maybe and tommy yeah and uh Anyway, Drew Beskin was like, y'all can do it on the rooftop. Oh, nice. And he paid everyone, too. Like, paid all the bands. And He's the dude, man. Like, let like let us that day yeah. play the rooftop. He ran sound himself on an uh-huh. iPad. And, like, that's how I got into the Georgia Theater. Yeah. Because he just opened that door for me. And then he had us back. And then he was like, man, we got to get you downstairs. And yeah. I was like, well, I mean... Yeah, maybe like in years, and he was like, he knew my birthday was coming up, and he booked me a four-band bill headlining show at the Georgia Theater in uh, September. I didn't know this. On my birthday in 2019, yeah. yeah I wow. played the I played the Georgia Theater. That was my first time. Hotel Fiction was the second time. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, that was just incredibly sweet thing yeah. to do. I'll what a nice guy, man. That. He, he's been on the yeah. show twice, and Elijah's been on the show twice, and... Drew, I, I call him every week and just ask him about something, just like asking him questions because he's like such a smart guy about like music, you know what I mean? Like just got the got the experience. He got me into Georgia Theater, dude. Just the nicest guy, man. Cool, yeah. yeah. So that's awesome, dude. I, I, I had no real. I thought that uh, your time with Hotel Fiction would have been the first. No, that one was definitely a lot bigger. The one yeah. that I did was like there wasn't as many people. Obviously, it's a big room, man. It's a big room. It was a daunting. It's a daunting room. It, <laughs> yeah. In some ways, it's smaller than you expect. When you get on stage, you're like, all right, it doesn't look as big up here, kind of to me at least. Mm-hmm. Like the the floor part. That right. Makes sense. Totally. The up the up still looks big. You know what I mean? Right. It's built in a way to where like if you could have like three hundred people, it would start yeah. feeling good, but then it can kind of just keep exactly. expanding up yeah. into the sides and the mezzanine and yes. stuff. That's so interesting. So mm-hmm. you have played with them a lot. You guys are kind of in the same spirit. I wondered, I was listening to your music today just before you came, just to like make sure I was getting the vibe. And I wrote that I kind of thought Dolphin like kind of sounds like it has an Elijah Johnson thing to me, but I think I think Ooh. he would have took it from you though, if that makes sense. Or like <laughs> you, it's like the same vibe. Do you get what I mean lyrically? Yeah, that's cool. Do you yeah, get what I, mean? I wonder why that is. I think we yeah. have a really similar music taste, and I, I'd wondered if if one of y'all was taking out of each other's toolbox. I need to just ask Elijah. He'd probably be like, "Nah," but you know, I'm just curious because I was like, "That's kind of Elijah Johnson to me." Very cool. That's funny. I yeah. would have. I don't. I don't know, man. Like I don't the know. playful, like cool guitar thing, and like the right. The, the lyrics are great. I wrote down uh, 
Is that the one with words about forever slowly turned to never? I feel yeah. like that's a great line. That one, that hits. That's Thank cool, you, man. man. Very Thank cool. you. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I bet, I bet we both. I bet if we both made you a playlist, we would have the same bands on. <laughs> I believe him and, that. I, him and I talk a lot about music yeah. and uh, film as well. We have a really film, film taste. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about Dolphin. I think Dolphin would be my favorite one. It doesn't actually say Dolphin in the song, does it? It says it at the very end. It says, "I want to, I want to own a dolphin." Okay, and okay. Like, all the symbols are swelling. Yeah, but uh, that's probably my favorite one by you, man. I really like the the vibe of that one. It's thank very, you. Very tasty. Thank you. That song um, I wrote in high school and just kind of workshopped and kept working with. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's got that. It's got that. Yeah, that little riff on the twelve string. Yeah. Kind of, kind of kinks-esque sounds like the yeah. kinks or uh got some we play it live with a lot of energy it sounds completely oh, yeah? different live but That's awesome. uh kind of a laid back um yeah kind of a kind of i think a kind of a twin peaks vibe too like in terms of just like a rambly jingle jangly guitars and uh kind of a more like sedated like apathetic uh-huh. like vocal take that's like very a little bit deeper uh-huh. if that makes sense yeah like you're kind of leaning back so that makes uh-huh. sense yeah like, kind of yeah. laid back not rushing anything yeah a very cool song man i like it it's, it's just a vibe and it's like i'd like the playful thing to it almost like totally not too serious not too dark or bright you know what i mean yeah well yeah. it's yeah i yeah it's got that kind of melancholia of like you know delivering kind of a sad some like Concept. I don't know, yeah, it's like sadder lyrics, f- playful lyrics, uh-huh. and then you've got this like, no, 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 no. It's just like playful riff that kind of just keeps it cheerful, in almost a sar, not a kind of a sarcastic way. It's like, yeah, yeah I could sarcastic you know. would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like the playful thing, man. It's really great. I enjoy it. That's probably my favorite one for you. I'll take Thank one you. more pause to take my other show sponsor if you don't mind. Is that Let's cool do you, it. Uh, have you ever, um, you, well, you probably haven't spent too much time down there, but uh, Hefner just played here. It's this place called Clark's Collective downtown. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. I'm excited dude, to hear dude, about it it's now. It's fantastic. They're the nicest guys. Rip over there. It's been wonderful to me. He was really the first show sponsor to kind of take a shot on us and give us some money and like see 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 how it could help them. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Which is really cool. Um, we just did an episode in Clark's, which is really cool. They've got a stage in there. And they're having a lot of bands. He wanted me to spread the word that they're kind of booking Fallout now. And they got a lot of bands hitting them up. If you guys hit them up, tell them the Jameson on the Rocks podcast sent you. Uh, he will book you for sure almost. You should reach Sweet. out to him, man. If you ever need a routing date, like Hefner just did it. And they had a fantastic crowd. It's got like a, it could be a good middle for you in like, um, it's not like the Donia or Flickr or something where it's like three band bills. But you could go in there and play an hour and a half or whatever. And you'll get a rotating crowd in and out of people that probably would never have seen you, like ticketed, if that makes right, sense. Yeah. And you get paid. It's cool, man. It's great. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So y'all check out Clark's, man. They've been wonderful to us. Uh, moving Sweet. along, I wanted to ask you about Fight Song, dude. This is another one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Tell me about it. Which record is this on? Fight Song is the final song on Big Sky Pipe Dream, yeah. the most recent record. It sounds like it's, it's from a movie. Like It sounds like a like a part of the movie where it would cut to a song and like all the people are doing something in the movie. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that. well, Mo, hey, yeah. let's get that going. That, that, that's where that's where the music industry is lucrative. <laughs> yes, man. A good sync place, man. Netflix, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger Things, hit us up, please. Yeah, dude. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, fight Song is, yeah, that's a... Yeah, that's kind of a, I don't know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, in some ways, it's a playfully, it's a playful song as well. It's a little bit simple intentionally. Uh-huh. Got some very simple rhymes. Yeah. Um it's kind of a song about you know 
two people who like love each other, but they're like, let's get on, let's get this show going. Yeah. Let's stop waiting around. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. What was the process like on writing that one? Actually, what was, what is your writing process as a whole? Do you have a process or I assume being the uh, center figure in the band, you, you're bringing in the lyrics and the, the music per se usually, right? Yeah. I write all the songs. Yeah. I, I'll write it on acoustic or electric guitar, maybe on logic nowadays. Uh-huh. I don't know. Kind of. My, I like, I don't have a, a writing process. Okay. Which I kind of intentionally, I kind of am always <laughs> trying to find a new way to write a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Absolutely. That's part, like, n- nothing really works um, best for me. So, yeah. that song I wrote actually for, uh, for class, I was in a songwriting class. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, songwriting class is tough to teach. You know yeah, what I mean? I was, yeah. Funny. I was, yeah. I turned it in and, my teacher was like really critical. He's like real of uh, like of everyone. Like he's like really? really like harsh, and he he would rip people's songs apart. Damn. And I and I took him that song and another song at a different time. And he would just be like, "Yep, well, sounds good." And I was kind of like, "Why?" <laughs> and not to say that I was like, you know, this is a masterpiece, but for some reason he didn't have any critique. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I, mean, well, I assume that he thought pretty highly of it. <laughs> I, I guess I don't yeah. know. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on, but I, yeah. but I was, I, I just wound up playing it a lot of, a lot of my songs. You know, I'll just write and then they carry themselves to the top. They get finished and then they uh-huh. put, find their way on the set list. And then, well, what's something on your set list that's always there? Is there anything that's always there? Like, do you have one that's like that's my heater, or that, or a few that are like that? Or, yeah, I mean. The first half of uh, Big Sky Pipe Dream, a lot of the songs we've been playing for like three or four years. Yeah. Dolphin, Wisteria, First Time, uh-huh. and Fight Song specifically. Yeah, we've been playing for a minute, probably since like 2019. How does how does All I Want to Do? Is that a good one live? Yeah. A little people, slower, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we do that one a little bit faster Ooh, yeah. Uh, live and... Uh, yeah, people like that song. It sounds like a like a like a I hate to say classic song, but like it's got that like classic-y, like almost like a Christmas song or something mm-hmm. vibe to me. A little bit, right? Yeah, it's got it's like a it's like a doo wop almost more I always say sixties, but that's almost yeah. more of a fifties song. Really? You know, I'd yeah, say. That would be what I meant when I said it it sounds kinda classic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know how to that I know that's vague, you know, hard to describe. Yeah. How about Wisteria? Classic. You love playing this one? This this is your number one streamed on Spotify. I know, yes. I know that don't mean too much, but I, I love this song. It's a good one. Wisteria broke through. It got on Discover Weekly. And really? Now, and now it, that's, that's huge. Why, that's why it's got all the streams. It's because yeah. I don't know how that stuff works, but it it's on Discover Weekly, and so yeah. it gets sent to like one to two thousand people every beginning of every week, and people wow. pick it up. So I mean, that's a song that if if I play it live, people are like, oh, I know that one. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've heard that one. Like, I have that on a playlist. Yeah. Do you so, kind of try to close with that sort of stuff usually? Like, the, it, like I mean, I guess as someone who's playing a lot of shows these days personally and, like, our music doesn't have very much clout yet, not very much listeners, but, like, we have a great fan base that so we built through covers in a different way. Like, I guess I'm right. kind of like, we need to save our song that people might know to the end or something like Mm-hmm. Strategically placed to one that people will know, because as I'm sure you do, played a lot of crowds have no idea who you are. Right? Yeah. Is, do you any thought of that? Like, yes, um, I do put thought into that. Yeah. I don't. I typically put Wisteria a little bit closer to the beginning. Okay. Um, I guess mainly I think I agree with the premise of what you're saying, but I don't yeah. know if it. I don't think it applies to me yet because my set is so short. If okay. I was headlining and doing like an hour and a half set, 
Yeah. Then maybe I would put it like maybe seventy five percent of the way in. But gotcha. with the sets that we we still play like forty five minute sets. Yeah. So it's like I mean we rarely play more than that. So about ten songs, eight songs, something like yeah, that. Maybe yeah, maybe ten. My song's really short. Sometimes I can even do like twelve. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I'm really big like set not setless nerd, but like I think I probably think about it too hard. You know, like structuring and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of trying to see how you think on that. Is in like, uh, like. Is there any way you think of that? Like, all right, let's make the first two songs a ton of energy, and then we slow it down. Then we bring it back up. Oh, and, totally. Yeah, I definitely think about that. Yeah, the riding that wave, and mm-hmm. um, that is really important to me. Yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, in like uh, my I, my buddy Sam or Smas, people know him S M A. Um, he cares a lot about that too, and we were in that band yeah. together in high school, and so I, he's always been someone who has held me accountable in terms <laughs> of being like very particular with my sets and uh set list and yeah. but but I, I mean yeah that's everything i mean the dynamic of a set list in terms of a good live show and just how the energy feeds into same with the dj set you know uh-huh. yeah that, it goes back to like how much of a fuck should i not give you know yeah, what i mean totally <laughs> what do you think about like totally. as somebody who's really good and uh in my opinion proficient in like winning crowds over like What's something, is there anything in particular you do early to like win crowds over? Like what, if you had to give somebody a new frontman tips on how to win a crowd over, what would you say? Um, hmm. Big question. <laughs> I think you can definitely give off an energy that is welcoming or one that's uh-huh. not. And uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's, that's tricky because yeah. I mean. There's a lot of things at play, and it t- and it just depends on what how people are perceiving you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I really get on a really sarcastic level where I'm like almost just only saying things that aren't true, <laughs> and people eat that up. Yeah, they love it. And sometimes it's about being incredibly sincere with the crowd and like making them feel comfortable. Absolutely, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it depends. Yeah, it does, depends. and you know. Sometimes I get all up in their grill. Like sometimes I'm running around through the crowd. Yeah. I'm like doing a lot of antics. And sometimes I get up on stage and like I'm just like, this is my stage. I'm not going to step off of it. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you're going to climb that? What are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to like run out through the crowd? I'm like, probably not. Like I don't know. Like it's hard to explain. But you can you get up there and you feel how people feel. Uh-huh. And I never want to like make them feel uncomfortable in that kind of way. Like you want them to feel uncomfortable in some ways, like pushed or compelled, Absolutely. but not like. You know, you don't want them to feel like they don't want to be there. That's an interesting thought. You want them to feel uncomfortable in different ways. That's yeah. interesting. I never would have thought of it that way. Well, that's the other. That's the thing is like when it goes back to the DJ set too. What I was talking about when I first hopped on here is like yeah. sometimes we like it when artists challenge us. We like it when artists uh-huh. give us a song that's not what we're anticipating or an album we're not anticipating. We don't want every DJ to just play the '80s hits, and it's like yeah. It's hard to explain because we know what we want, but then sometimes in, in any type of artist, this could be have to do with feng shui. This could have to be doing with it could be a culinary thing. Yeah, yeah. It can be a film. I mean, how many yeah. times do your friends watch a film and they're like, you know, you kind of got to watch it twice. And yeah. You're like, why? And they're like, because you know, it get like at first yeah. when I saw it, I didn't even really like it, and it's like what? Or like at first when I ate this food, like I didn't like it, yeah, and it's yeah. like now it's my favorite dish, and it's yeah. like. We as artists, um, I've heard it. I, I read one book called Culture Care by this uh-huh. uh, like Japanese painter, and he described it as like border stalking. He says like artists 
are like on the borders of culture and they always are and they they feed from different parts of it and that's in some ways why when we present things it's maybe doesn't totally make sense because it doesn't come from the center of a culture it comes from like the exterior and people can kind of Mm, then you know form around it and maybe they like you know like i think it great cultural example is Tame Impala. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, people were kind of taken aback by it, and then they're like, oh, we love this. Yeah, <laughs> And then it's like yeah. every band wants yeah. to be Mac DeMarco. Every, uh-huh, but, like, when uh-huh. Mac DeMarco first comes on the scene, like, he's making music that's, like, pretty weird. And people are like, yeah. this is weird music. <laughs> and, uh, and then it becomes commonplace. And so, yeah, we just have to, like, we, as a performer, um, you know, and as artists, we walk this really weird line we we, yeah. make, we we push people and we make them work for it a little bit but we also give them what they want it's kind of like they don't know what they want quite yet until till you show them sometimes right kind of sort of right? yeah very cool totally and uh you know hannibal burris has like i was listening to one of his stand-up things and he talked about yeah. how like he, he was making a joke about how like rapper like about how certain rappers can rap about killing someone yeah but at the same time their song is three and a half minutes long yeah and he said he found that to be very confusing because they're living such an unhinged life's outlaw lifestyle, uh-huh. but at the same time they're presenting it to you on the exact same plate of three and a half minutes, <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly it. I mean, it's like there's just there's certain things at play uh-huh. where you can take things super far, but then you still present it in I don't know that's fascinating in ways that are communicated and uh, understood. Dude, I knew you. I knew you'd be a good guest because, like, you have your own podcast, so you've, you've entertained some thoughts. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and you're very well versed in everything, conversation wise. Um, tell me about your podcast a little bit. I wanted to ask you about this. I've never actually watched it. I didn't realize it was a thing until recently. I think you you might have posted one of the clips of look like a Zoom call or something. But do you yeah. do them all virtually? Um, traditionally, I, I've, yeah. I've taken a break for like. I don't even know how long. Maybe it's maybe, hard to do the road the and the podcast. Exactly. Once yeah. the road started back up, I kind of went on hiatus. But I'd yeah. like to bring it back. But uh, it was mainly a COVID thing where I was doing them all over Zoom. Gotcha. And uh, I cranked them out. I did like fifty episodes. But Damn. I was, at one point, I was doing an episode a day. So wow. <laughs> she see you do everything to the extreme, man. I the do, road man. is like on, on, on podcast one every day. Is that just who you are, kind of? Yeah, I got the lust for life, as they say. I got. I love I just, that. I live for it. I live for. I live for the hustle, uh-huh. especially when it's like a hustle that I enjoy. But man, like when I'm serving tables back at home, like yeah. I want to serve like crazy. You're serving them. <laughs> I'm like, give me five doubles. Like I want to work ten shifts this week. You know, like, that's nuts. Man. Yeah, like I'll just sleep, wake up, and yeah. serve, and then I'll make a bunch of money. Love. Like let's go on the road for a month, two yeah. months. Let's, you know, yeah, whatever it is, I just. I, maybe I'm obsessive. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I, I love that. I live for that. No, I know what you mean. It's like I'm here on this on this planet. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. go. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I agree. It's not good with food though. I eat <laughs> o- overeating is not good. You get the feeling like I'm gonna eat so yeah. much food and then <laughs> two doubles. <laughs> yeah, and then regret. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things you could take too far. I want to. I'm gonna ask you a few more questions. Then I'll let you go. It's been an hour thirty, man. Sorry, I kept you Let's so go. long. Let's no, go. I'm, I'm having fun. So. uh Wanted to keep you around. Um, I got a few more big questions. And we'll wrap it up. Let's see. What is another band that you played with on a bill that just absolutely blew you away? You can name more than one if anything sticks out. Hmm. Man, I've seen some crazy bands. A lot yeah. of the bands that uh, that I keep in my that I think about a lot are the ones that are doing a similar thing to us, where they're like out uh-huh. there, just 
sweating and they're out there playing and playing and playing and putting out music and yeah i have a lot of respect for the hustle because you know it's i've had friends who've had the virality and have blown up and yeah. i'm proud of them mm-hmm. and in no ways do i diminish their success but uh i think a band's like uh, dinner time uh-huh. uh, out of atlanta late night laundry out of chicago daddy's beamer out of charleston oh, i've heard of them they're, cool. they're just bands like that like i could probably name a hundred but um every every town's got, and i think about that with elijah and tommy and hotel yeah. fiction too there are these bands that are out there just working really hard and uh making uh-huh. great music too obviously but yeah. um anyone that can just keep going and keep going because yeah. I, I love the story of an artist i love bands and artists that change i love careers i gotcha. love discographies yes. i love just like studying the story of a band and how it they evolve over time. Yeah. I love that. It's another reason why I tell bands, don't change your band name. If possible, don't yeah. change your band. Exactly. Just like, do yeah. the next thing you want to do as the same thing. Because I think, I mean, obviously yeah. do what you want. But if you can do that, it makes for a compelling story. I, I totally agree. You know, you can get lose some fans in translation or, you know, storyline yeah. in translation by changing the name. That's a good point. That'd be another, lead me to another question. If you could give bands any one tip, what would you give them? Um, my own the easy it's just don't give up don't, don't give up don't stop because if you just keep doing stuff uh-huh you are on the right track it's it's when you it's when you start nodding off and you're like oh well, you take a year off that's mm-hmm. tricky and uh and that's not so you don't take time for yourself yes but just think about it and if you're gonna put out a record maybe do the single game maybe put out some singles slowly because uh-huh. it's easy to put out a record and it's hard to put out the next record there's something so to be said about time. momentum. You know yeah. what I mean? There's something to be said about it. Maybe it, try to play a show every couple months if you can. You yeah. Just just to keep yourself, keep it on the front instead of the back burner. You know what totally, I mean? Totally, yeah. Don't don't give up is pretty much the best three words you could, you know. Like, as long as you keep going, you're good, right? You know what I mean? Like Totally, dude. You might not end up exactly where you want to be, but as long as you loved it and kept going, I mean, mission accomplished. Yeah. Right, and, and ultimately it's about making the music you want to make, whether it's about, you know, you do, everyone wants to grow their music and you know, have it impact more people and culture. But at the same Absolutely. time, if you just have like a, a collection of songs you put out every year, yeah, you're going to be proud of them. And you're yeah. going you, to be glad you did in 10 years. Yes. So. You're going to listen back. And even, even if at the time, maybe it's like, oh, I didn't get that right. Like it will always be a good, you know, like it's like cataloging your life. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Really good way to put it, I think, is you're, you're that, that was exactly who you were at that time. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. When yeah. you say, yeah, and a lot of yeah. times if when you don't do it, I mean, I've had certain phases where I've been really into a certain genre and style, and mm-hmm. I wasn't able to finish a record or, or even put out anything. And now that era of me, it's not lost per se, but kind of is. You know, where I'm like, yeah. man, I wish I had put out a record in 2020 or in yeah. 2019. You know, uh-huh. I get what you. No, I know exactly what you mean. That's super interesting, man. All right, one or two more questions. I'm trying to think of some good ones. If you could be in any other band right now, if you had to join a band, what band would you join? I would join. I could be in any band. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Wolfpack. Ooh, okay. <laughs> What's yeah. the reasoning on that? Just love them. Yeah, I just think it's like incredibly fun, and every yeah. one of every single person in that band has their own personal career, but then they're yeah. able to come together and just create like ridiculously fun music that's collaborative and cool. Yeah. So I'd love to join the Wolfpack. Love or uh, NRBQ, they're my favorite classic band. They're still touring know. to this day. The New Rhythm and Blues Quartet, they've been playing uh, since 1965, and they've put out like insane amount of music, played an <laughs> insane amount of shows. They are 
Super cool. I'm going to have to look them up. I don't think I know anything offhand by then. I uh, probably heard them, I assume. But what about tambourines, man? How many tambourines do you have? I think the tambourine is oh, a, a slept-on instrument, man. I think yeah. they're underrated. I try to keep two or three with me at a yeah. time. I play two on stage, and they yeah. break e- easy when you're throwing them around <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. They're expensive, though, so I try to... What kind of tambourines do you get? I want to get a nice one. I mean, there um, really are nice ones is what people don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been playing tambourine for a few years, but I still am kind of experimenting. I'll just go to a music store and kind of feel around. Yeah. Maybe pick up a new one and see what yeah. I like. See but, what's uh, up with it. I've uh, seen you post uh, yeah. on Instagram one time. It was like, I left my tambourines in, in Charleston. Somebody please, uh, if you're in that area, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> you can come oh, by Nashville. I forgot about that. I left a yeah. couple tambourines in Columbia once. Yeah, that's it. That's it. New Brooklyn Tavern, Yeah, probably? New Brooklyn Tavern. How do you like it there? I'm supposed to play there in August, and I've never played there. It's tight. It's a great, yeah? it is a great, just, you know, you know those rooms where you're like, this is a room, like Caledonia Lounge, yeah. where you're like, this is a room Perfect. where music should yeah. exist. It's yes. no frills. It's just like black walls. Good stage, good sound. Stickers in the bathroom window. Yeah, stickers or, in the bathroom yeah, window. You yeah. got it. So it's 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 one of those like sacred, just like this is a good place to play. Love that, man. <laughs> good description. Good description. I wanted to ask you one more thing. I actually was just glancing down at my notes. And I was like, definitely wanted to ask you a little bit about Nashville because I talk about it a lot on the show. Because a lot of people come to the show and they're like, uh, just do in Athens until I can move to Nashville or that kind of stuff. And you see bands like Hotel Fiction move to Nashville and it kind of like not be exactly what they'd hoped. Or I, I don't exactly know what, what happened, but they moved home. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm wondering what you thought about like as somebody from Athens who's looking to do music full time for the rest of my life and already doing OK so far at it. Is moving to Nashville the big switch that everybody thinks it is like, oh, mm. we'll move to Nashville. The opportunities will be there. I'll kind of get to mingle with, you know, like labels and stuff like that and people that are doing it that kind of stuff yeah right it i don't know i have an interesting perspective because i'm born and raised there uh-huh. and i didn't think that there was any reason for me to leave it's a good town yes it's a good place to tour out of you're seven hours from chicago mm-hmm. eight hours from new orleans you can get anywhere yeah. really middle perfect middle, yeah honestly perfect middle and yeah. um there definitely is industry there and there's a lot of different industries there uh-huh. It it's expensive. Yeah. It, <laughs> Lately for sure. Yeah. The rent is hard. You make a lot of friends. You make yeah. a lot of good friends who are doing great in the music industry. And in some ways that's helpful. But I think for me, in terms of grass is greener, I look at other other towns and I think it would it would be cool to be more um cherished mm-hmm. as like a hometown. Like I'm not a hometown hero in Nashville. Yeah, like people, it's so big. It's just so big. There's yeah. so many bands. I don't really feel the love. Like I don't. I can't sell more tickets in Nashville. Like yeah. Nashville's. Are, I've gotcha. heard people say it's a great place to live. Bad place to play. I mean, yeah, that's so kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, yeah. I don't play very often at all. And like, the best way to play in town is to just play a dive bar and invite your yeah. friends and family. Because if you try to really promote a show in Nashville, it could be demoralizing. And I know yeah. it's not, it sounds like I'm black and blue about it, but no, it's just no. like, it's just hard. I mean, yeah. I, I played Exit In and I was like promoted the heck out of it. I had a great three openers that were all awesome. Yeah. All pull really well. We pull really well. It was like 300 people showed up, which is good. But I yeah. mean, it's like, I have friends who are from Chattanooga or from, you know, yeah, let's say like even Athens, like being able to play yeah. like the Georgia Theater or something, you know, it's like a special thing in your hometown and you can get people out. It's hard in Nashville to get anyone out. Gotcha. So as a place to perform, I, I tell touring bands like 
beware you are going to have a bad show in nashville yes yeah and hopefully i'm wrong like uh-huh. <laughs> you know i you know but i it's good to have your expectations really low with nashville because it's really hard to get people out exactly. um but i mean i love living there yeah. i love nashville and i stand by it and i want to make it a better place and hopefully uh-huh. when i have more caliber and i have more yeah. uh you know money and whatever it is to th- i could like create things that make it more special but uh that's it's, awesome it's dude. Hard. I get, I get what place. you mean. Is that's I guess that was that was literally exactly what I'm asking. It's like everybody thinks that like, oh man, he's moving to Nashville, so just up from here, like you know what I mean. And like I I talked to booking agents in Nashville that we work with that are based out of there. They're like, dude, don't even waste your time here. I'm like really? Right. I was like, okay, well, I mean, word. And you gave me some advice one time. I messaged you probably years ago, and I was like, dude, where should we play in Nashville? And you were like, the Cobra. And then we went and played it. It was fun. It was great. And like you said, the Cobra and the Five Spot and a few other spots or whatever. Yeah. Like just to get in the door, you know. And I was like. But like even playing the Cobra, I was like, I don't think we could ever get to where like we were selling it out or like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it would go much farther than us playing with three bands and doing, you know, a hundred tickets or whatever. You, right. Do you get what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I totally do. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird place. And, and so I guess for anyone who's thinking about moving to Nashville, I just uh-huh. think it is a good place to be uh-huh. in a lot of different genres. It can be more or less effective there. But there is a scene for pretty much anything. Yeah, it is a thriving artistic community. But don't take for granted what you have in your own market and like your own town. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess I just think it, I personally think one thing that I don't feel like I have that I see my other friends have that is really special is like a really solid hometown that they can have with their hometown shows. Gotcha. And they can yeah. have there, and they yeah. can be celebrated. And if there's a Local people who make music videos, they want to make a music video with your band. If there's a local podcast, they want you on their podcast. Local restaurant doing whatever. Oh, you know, like let's have our uh, coffee beans like roasted and like name it after a band. (laughs) A margarita named after a band. Yeah, or drink or milkshake named after the band. That you get all that when you when you live in whatever town, like in a smaller town, yeah, where you are a valuable piece Uh of the culture. And that's something that's very special. Uh-huh. That I don't think that you can really get in Nashville because there's national acts coming out or whatever. Yeah, you, you got know? Luke Bryan's downtown. <laughs> like he's yeah. the guy who's got the thing named after yes. him, not me. So, <laughs> dude, that's such an interesting point that I yeah. never would have thought of. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm always saying like it. It just comes up a lot on the show, the Nashville thing. Like if we had to move somewhere, it'd probably be Nashville. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like there's something to be said about being an Athens band, and like I would rather like fail as an Athens band than like move somewhere else because i love it here do you know what i mean right and like rem they never moved or b52 totally. has moved but whatever you know what i mean like it, yeah. it is it, you can do it from whatever town you're in right usually you know well that's and the other thing the thing i didn't mention is also like getting to open for a national touring act so you uh-huh. have a better chance of doing that here than you would in yeah. nashville you know because if a band when a band goes from here like you're saying like a little band like a fraternity band or uh you know hotel fiction or whoever when they get their first time in the theater everybody's going mm-hmm. everybody like that there's a big buzz if there's a band that went from there just being in town playing around to playing the theater there's only like a handful of them you know what i mean so like it's a right. big deal so i get exactly what you mean man but yeah. believe me you loved in other markets don't worry about it too much yeah <laughs> that's what I, I don't when i was working at an ice cream shop when i was 18 i asked uh-huh. there was a guy and his band was a lot bigger than mine i asked him how did he get to where people loved him in nashville and he said yeah. We just hit the road. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, once you come back to Nashville, people have respect for you when they see you out on the road. Gotcha. That's what's more important. That's a good thing. It's just show. traveling around and making friends everywhere. That's that's why I don't sweat it too much. Yeah. I just keep playing everywhere. I and mean, I, I love Nashville, and I love my friends and family. Yeah. I love 
the place I work. I work at Burger Up. I like working uh, there. That's it's awesome. Good vibes, man. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to holler at you next time in Nashville. If, you, if, if next time I'm in Nashville, if you're not on the road, I'll come see you, man. Because yes, we, we do visit. Do. It's a fun town to come to, man. I've, I've thought about like taking the podcast there for a week and, and getting as many people as I could. You know, that's a great idea. I think that'd be really fun. You know what I mean? But yeah. Anyways, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I had such a blast, dude. So so great to meet you officially, man. It's fantastic. Great to meet you too. Yeah, dude, you're one of the better guests I've ever had. I mean, because you're like so well versed, and you know how it is on the podcast, like. You know how to flow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell the Thank camera to where to find you on Instagram and any other socials you want to put out there in your music and everything. Yes. You can type in Nordista Freeze to Google. You'll find me on every social media streaming service anywhere. You can hear me, see me, DM me on Instagram, whatever yes. city you live in. I'll let you know when I'm going to be there because I'll be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where it's at. It'll be there. Yeah, we'll be close by. <laughs> Love that, man. Well, thank you to our show sponsors once again. Uh, no Athens, wonderful platform out of right here in Athens, Georgia, putting out some great content. I'm going to put you in touch with them because I really feel Please. like you two would be a good promo meetup. They're, they're putting out some wonderful content, man. Really, really great stuff. Like just just original videos and like curating the shows takes forever you know what i mean like, yeah it, it'll be a graphic with like 70 shows on i'm like dude i know that took time to get the dates the times what's who's opening so shout right. out no athens they, they took a great interest in the show and i appreciate that and same to clark's collective anybody looking for somebody to play in athens you should hit up clark's they're having some wonderful shows i played some great shows there it's awesome so yeah thanks cool. to everybody for watching if you made it 98 minutes in thank you so let's much go. let's give them a wave so we have a thumbnail all right give them a smile too Yee. <laughs> All right, man. You don't know what you mean to me. You always say.